Good evening. I'm Matt. I'm Eric. And this is This Week at the Movies. We hope you guys uh, had a wonderful weekend last weekend and maybe watching a tiny little football game uh, called the Super Bowl. Uh, there were a number of trailers that dropped uh, during the game. And uh, when we get out of here tonight, we are going to look at a couple of the big films that made their trailer debuts uh, and talk about what is coming this summer. But we are also looking at the last couple of weeks. We've had a couple of female-centric films, uh, one that opened on Valentine's Day, a little film called Madam Web. Perhaps you've heard of it. Uh, but before we get to that one, we are going to swing all the way back uh, to February 9th and the latest from Diablo Cody, directed by Robin Williams' daughter Zelda, and that was Lisa Frankenstein. Um, which a very interesting uh, movie about a, a girl who uh, <coughs> is moving to a new uh, town. Uh, you know, her mother has died. I thought, I'll be honest, when they first tell you, when her stepsister first tells her friends how her mother died, I thought that was going to be a joke. It decidedly yeah, was not. Her mother was killed by like an axe murderer. Uh, and so now she's, you know, the poor Lisa, a little bit on the outside, her senior year of high school, she moved to a new city, a new high school with her, uh, father and her stepmother played by Carlo Cugino, who's not super friendly, uh, and her new stepsister, who's maybe a little overly friendly. Uh, she spends a lot of time pining away, drawing, uh, drawing, making uh, sketches of the graves in an abandoned graveyard. Um, she gets invited to a high school party. Things don't go super well. Uh, then a big lightning strike comes, and uh, one of the occupants of her favorite grave just pops right up on out of the ground. And that kind of is the springboard for uh, the story here. Eric, I actually enjoyed this one i'll just say right now i'm giving it a thumbs up did you enjoy this one yeah i'm giving it a solid thumb up uh i got flavors early on of like 90s tim burton your edward scissorhands era kind of thing and uh as far as something to model off of that felt kind of fresh because we haven't seen it in a long time and um i don't know it was really nice everyone was endearing every character that looked like they were going to be like a recognizable, almost not really trope is a bad word, but uh, you have like the evil stepmother, sure. But then you'd think that the sister, for example, is going to be someone who's like making up stories or is trying to undermine her popularity or trying to do something, but she's not. She's a little more like genuine than that. And like every time I tried to think like, oh, this is like the story they're going with. This is a familiar thing. It was always a little bit different and it kept things feeling like really open. I love that without being too straightforward about it, that the lead is not a good person. Like that it, it in the story was very much about that being followed through to conclusion. It wasn't about them turning into a good person that felt way original. Um, and I, the only other real big note I guess I'd have is that the climax was a climax and you know, I thought that was pretty funny. A little on the nose. Um, uh, so many things that they choose to do, like little things. Um, the whole sequence of Cole Sprouse uh, walking up to like put a worm in the yogurt, like 
peaches or whatever she's it was eating cottage cheese and peaches i think cottage cheese and peaches which and, is a very we should say this movie is set smack dab in the 80s and has a very yeah. 80s look and vibe which i thought was pretty fun and, and we don't even know that he's 100 percent aware of the social dynamics of what's going on and what he's doing but he just does this thing and it's it's delightful it was absolutely small and and fun and just like I, I kept thinking, like, am I allowed to laugh at this? But I, when I watched it, the Super Bowl was going on. So there was I mean, I f- no theater but me and my wife and her friend. So I feel like it is supposed to be a comedy. Most all of Diablo Cody's work have have been comedies. You know, famously, she she did Juno. Also did another film with Jason Reitman, Young Adult, which was supposed to be a comedy. Didn't quite work for me. But I, in the horror genre, we saw her do Jennifer's Body. And that is a movie that is probably somewhat polarizing. I think the way that I've almost seen with Lisa Frankenstein, there are people that dearly love it and thought it was funny and it worked for them. And there are people that decidedly do not enjoy it. I enjoyed Jennifer's Body. I think you did as well. Maybe it's surprising that we're here. I'm glad you mentioned Edward Scissorhands. That was probably the thing I thought of uh, the most too, with the way, you know, Cole Sprouse, um, is dialogue free pretty much until the stinger at the end mm. uh, and little fun scenes like when they when he's playing the piano for her and she's singing Speed Speedwagon that made me <laughs> I, I mean there were a he lot... let that go for so long that was um, that was really sweet like I don't know that was cool there were a lot of fun things I really I liked Catherine Newton uh in this but I really liked uh Liza Sobrano so Soberano, I don't know if that's I'm pronouncing it correct, who plays her uh, stepsister Taffy, um, mm. is actually ends up being probably one of the best characters, like you said, kind of a, a bait and switch for the genre. There were also some just weird sequences of violence in this and some yeah. weird sequences overall. I mean, there were times where I went a little back and forth, and I think I've seen people say they struggle with did I like it? Did I not like it? I thought about it for a while. Ultimately, I feel like I enjoyed it and I enjoyed the dialogue and the look uh, that they crafted here. You know, that very 80s vibe. Some of the some of the shots and sequences were very engaging as well. I don't think this is probably going to be the kind of film that works for everyone. But if you have a little bit of a different sense of humor, which I think both of us do, it probably yeah. is going to work for you. I, I think a good a good way to kind of draw a line is if you're the kind of person that can accept that uh, a damaged uh, tanning bed uh, can make a dead person, and you just have to accept this without someone telling it to you, it will make a dead person gradually be more lifelike and it will make a live person gradually die. Like, and you just have to understand, like, that's how it works. And if you are on the level where you can kind of pick up what this movie is doing and just be on board with it, then you're probably going to really enjoy this. But if that is the kind of thing where you would think, that's stupid, why would that work for her and not for him and this and that, and like start to kind of, the the seams would show for you on the world they're trying to develop, then you're probably not going to have fun. <laughs> so... I think where I've seen people struggle too is you mentioned as a lead, Lisa's not very likable at times or you know a lot of the time she's not trying um, to be but i liked her she's not trying to be 
I think that's kind of the case with a, a lot of the films Giallo Cody has done, especially like young adult. I think that's where people got really frustrated because Charlize Theron's character is very caustic, but that was the whole point of the character. So you have to be able to roll with that, I guess, a little bit. Um, you know, I, I thought it was fun. One of the funniest sequences is when he first pops up and she realizes who it is and it hit, and he tells her, really, you know, you, he indicates, you know, you wish you were, we would be together. She's like, oh, I see. <laughs> I meant I wished I was dead, not that you were up here with me. But uh, <laughs> thanks anyway, though. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it, just, uh, it was it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so we both gave that one a solid thumbs up. The These are kind of the, I guess, Valentine-centric uh, films that we got, you know, from the Friday before. And then uh, literally releasing on Valentine's Day was the latest Marvel film from Sony. Uh, Sony has done a few of these films based on Marvel properties that, of course, do not feature or include Spider-Man himself. Though a lot of tangential references here that we will get to in a minute, and that is Madam Web. Uh, in this one, um, we start in 1973. Uh, they're looking for a very magical spider in the jungle. Nothing, you know, will ever potentially go wrong with that kind of a setup until, oh, wait, it does. Uh, a guy who uh, whose character is uh, still uh, still waiting for him to be developed. I will say I like this movie more than than other people, but I am not uh, saying it's without its flaws. Uh, decides to um, attack and kill uh, the scientist, the pregnant scientist who is uh, about to give birth, and that's Constance Webb, played by Carrie Bush. Uh, she gets pulled in by some magical warriors, gives birth in a pond of some sort. Um, and then if we flash after forward by a yeah, after getting bit by one of these magical spiders, we flash forward 30 years and uh, her killer, Ezekiel Sims, has some magical powers, but it's haunted by the idea that three teenage girls are going to get Spider-Man-like powers and one day kill him. Uh, meanwhile, Constance's daughter, Cassandra Webb, played by Dakota Johnson, is out there uh, driving an ambulance, uh, living kind of a carefree, untethered existence. Her partner is uh, one Ben Parker, uh, whose sister, uh, Mary, is super pregnant and about to, uh, to give birth and make him an uncle. And they spend a lot of time uh, playing games to figure out what is Mary going to possibly name her child? Um, and hopefully you've seen uh, enough Spider-Man movies. There are like 20,000 of them that you were able to put together uh, that that is the connection. That is as close as we're going to come to seeing uh, Peter Parker or Spider-Man in this movie is uh, he's in your hero. And, um, you know, if you weren't able to put that together and I ruined the movie for you. Them's the breaks. Anyway, uh <laughs> Cassandra almost dies and then starts to see the future, uh, but she doesn't really know what that's all about. And then she comes across these three girls who are being hunted, hunted and she decides to kidnap slash help them. Um, you know, I know this sounds ridiculous, and there's a lot of it that, that probably is ridiculous. It is one of the lowest scoring movies of all time. 
both by critics and it didn't look like the audience score was very high either. Um, a lot of people have been down on this. I'm going to say I'm giving it a mild thumbs up. Um, but Eric, I can tell that you're not quite I, I'm on not the gonna, same page. I'm not going to be like raring to go here. People have been treating it like a pinata and people have been like, there are people who have been unnecessarily critical. And I was just before this watching a video about someone who is actually getting at another person I watch for being too nice about the movie to the point that's getting a little ugly. And um, I, so I don't appreciate like that level of, of, ah, it's, I, it's, I have to inconsequentially ramble. Cause like, you're not going to affect the bottom line, the dollar, like the only way I think that you can genuinely affect change in how people watch movies is by choosing what you give traffic and attention to, and then what you spend your money on and what you don't. So, you know, I, I saw Madam Web. I did think that it was mildly insulting. I was upset at the marketing's uh, choice to try to lean into the idea that the spider women were going to be a thing. And then that is a, to me, a blatant lie that the characters are only in a flash forward of what their future could be. And then at the end in a flash forward of what their future is going to be. And that there is no exploration of how these characters stop from being, I'm going to say stock teenagers. This one is the one with the attitude. This is the nerdy one. And this is the one who's shy and socially anxious. And it's exceedingly amusing to me. That's uh, Sydney Sweeney is like the, uh, the shy uh, wallflower. I'm like, yeah. That, has, and, any, has anyone seen you before? Yeah. Now, typically when a movie tries to start you off with very like recognizably shifting characters into a certain position, it's because they're going to have some kind of arc and learn to be different than that. But clearly the, uh, I, I have no idea what the original script or anything would look like. I don't know where in the process any of this stuff got put together because I don't, Ezekiel Sims, has gray hair because he's supposed to be old in, in some flash forwards and then other times has, and not, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Okay. But these girls like Madam Webb, who's by the way, her real superpower. Great. She can see the future and then she can do some other things later in the movie. Maybe we'll talk about it. I don't know, but is driving an ambulance. She drives the ambulance like a superhuman and it is one of the big payoffs of the movie or a taxi. <laughs> The taxis. I I I was buying. I buy a certain level of ridiculousness when it comes to superhero movies, but like, so like taxi through a wall. Yes, ambulance from a third story, and then you just take off and you keep running. I don't know, man. There's 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 usually a line between what acts superhuman and what doesn't act superhuman. And when you take a weird leap like that, there's so much of this movie that is seems like trying to be like humans can be superheroes cpr is a core big tentpole re thing it's it's like oh this is the one thing i taught you oh my gosh i've never said this before but you're a really good teacher like huh! and um so yeah there's i just i bet uh uh ben parker uh, adam scott is very charismatic i liked emma roberts as May Park, uh, or not May, Mary, um, Mary Parker, yeah. and um, be unsettling if, uh... yeah, um, yeah, I, and I just, it is, it is so bizarre. Ezekiel Sims is a guy who is 
evil because something, something, no one helped his family, something, something. Yeah. So I will say that, you know, they're, they're pacing issues. This is probably the most uh, woefully underdeveloped villain in a superhero movie. But I would also say that. Yeah. How do you get, I mean, he must've used his special spider powers. Um, So you're giving it two down. I, I'm giving it a full two down because I, I I can't see. I like I I know that they're aiming. I mean, you're at, not like, alone. I think like, there's a good chance it'll drop into single digits for the critical score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is. And yeah, I I saw I was looking on Internet Movie Database, which is usually pretty kind, and it's already at a three point eight. Um, I, I, I do think that there's some toxicity to it, though. I don't think it's a... There I is. A I, it's perfectly reasonable amount of entertainment to be gotten for one reason or another, whether you're someone looking for a funny bad time or you're looking for just just some action, or maybe. like. So, I mean, I don't know if it helped. Like, I had sub-zero expectations because I had seen the first wave of reviews and I had seen some of my um, Denver Film Critics Society colleagues you know and their their comments and their reactions and i was like oh well there's no hope and i you know probably the most woefully underdeveloped villain of all time there are pacing issues with the story i would all honestly say no no character in this entire film is developed aside from uh cassandra webb Mm. who gets a little bit of development at least has a backstory has uh something of a personality other than that, they don't really develop anything. And if you went in expecting you were going to get the Spider Woman movie, you probably are a little bit bummed. I think they're trying to use this as a Kickstarter for a potential franchise, which I know feels a little bit absolutely laughable uh, given the scores and, and where we're at. But I, I'm just going to say, like, there were some. Some things that I thought were amusing. I, in general, I really enjoyed uh, Dakota Johnson in this. I know some people have complained about her line readings, her general, um, you know, general it character. It did not bother me. I I thought it was fine. I wasn't particularly attached to a lot of the other characters, but some of Dakota Johnson's line readings did make me laugh and whether you were I don't I do gather that they meant for this to be more of a serious movie than probably I thought of it being serious but here's where I'm at all of the Sony non Spider-Man movies two Venom films Morbius are crap none of them are good in any way I liked this one better than any of those Mm -hmm. Um, you know I did I love it no. Do I think it's an incredible movie? No. But we have, if you looked at the litany of superhero movies, there are, no offense, much worse. I would watch this on a 24-hour loop for the rest of my life before I'd watch Dark Phoenix again. So let's oh, okay. be honest about where where we are with, so with some the of thing. these movies. You say that, and I say at least Dark Phoenix has an interesting score from Hans Zimmer, and at least it has interesting characters, even if they don't do interesting things. I, whoa, I Dark Phoenix is a double thumbs down for the me. double I, thumbs down for you. When I was looking, I put all Marvel movies into a, a, a list on um, 
And I think there's 80 that I found, you know, all the MCU projects and stuff. I have like 20 below Madam Web. Okay. You know, including some MCU films. I think this is better than The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton or The Ang Lee Hulk, which was just a pensive feel, feel fest. I think it's better than X-Men Origins Wolverine or The <gasps> Wolverine. You know, See, and I love Hugh Jackman, but those movies sucked. That's a good way to put it, though. I, I, Ang Lee's Hulk sticks out to me of that because Ang Lee's Hulk came out at a time when we hadn't decided on what the formula of a superhero would be. Good guy, bad guy, uh, hero has a love interest. They get together and they do stuff that you see like that formula a lot. That's the problem is you're making this movie in a sea of female-led superhero projects across TV and movies, of, of other superhero origin stories, and a whole bunch of universes that are trying to tie things together. So you even there's like an unfair sort of comparison here where you try and look at it as a standalone movie, but there's this sort of back of your mind expectation that it's supposed to function in connection with other movies. And then this movie leads you into that. Like, Hey, this is going to have an association with Peter Parker in the larger world in that way, because he's birthed what, during the movie, but like what Peter Parker and what, I mean, well, it can only be Tom lines, Holland. He would only be a nine years old if it was Andrew Garfield. I got no sense that this is trying to connect in any way to existing MCU or. Yeah, so maybe uh, a whole new one. Maybe. Yeah, it's telling its its story. But you know, um, I think this movie is better than any of the three Fantastic Four films we've ever gotten. Okay. I still think that's debatable, but yeah, that's fine. There's just, I mean, there was a better whole than the 2015 one. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I didn't care for the other two either. It's just when I, you know, when I was looking and I was pulling them, them in, and I like this better than either of the Venom films, or much better than Morbius, which I thought I haven't. I'm not gonna watch Morbius. But <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, so. I again, I'm not saying it's great. I'm not like. No, it's, not, it's a completely fair it's, to like it's it. It's not in I my think, top twelve for the year, even though we're not very far into the year. Well, I also think it's fair with all the stuff that's going on to say if you do like it, that's okay. You're not you're not stupid. You know, like that's because there's a whole bunch of just nastiness kind of going on around this movie, and I, I think it's fair to say like, no, I can get if someone went in with zero expectations, wasn't heavily invested in like in like a lot of things not being watching the movie and being like, wow, I don't, I don't really think about this that much, but this is like bad to me. Like, I don't, I don't see some average moviegoer. No, you're not an average moviegoer and you still liked it. So it goes to show, you know, people have different experiences of things, but I think I could go for way too long uh on 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 just individual like dakota johnson's performance right like this is supposed to be a franchise and she knows it and then she's supposed to be a lead and she just feels like she doesn't even know where she's standing half the time like I, but that's i'm not gonna get sucked back into it the point is i completely understand people liking it and don't want it to feel like this like touchy conversation because i don't think madam webb deserves to be a big deal even in a negative way so yeah well, we still have what uh, Craven the Hunter to look forward to at some point. 
Oh yeah, that one's going to turn everything around. I hundred percent. That's Craven the Hunter is going to be the greatest thing ever because you know. Well, we won't dwell uh, dwell on uh, these, but before we get out of here, I wanted to touch on um, Super Bowl. Is not only probably the biggest televised event of the year, and obviously a championship game for NFL. It is also a big marketing launch pad for a lot of things. You have really fun Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez, Matt Damon, Dunkin' Donuts commercials that launched a whole new Dunkin' Donuts menu. But you also get every year a bunch of trailers for movie and TV shows. I'm just going to quickly tick off a list uh, of ones that came out. And then there are three in particular that I'll, that I'll pull out. Um, but A Quiet Place, day one. You know, big marketing campaign for that. Uh, Fall Guy, I know you're excited to to see that one. Going to be our first blockbuster of the summer. Despicable Me 4 and Kung Fu Panda 4 uh, and Inside Out 2, because apparently for animated films this year, we can only come up with uh, sequels. Uh, the movie If from John Krasinski, uh, an incredible Randall Park introduction to that. Um, that mm -hmm. That killed me. Uh, Kingdom of Planet of the Apes. Yay! <laughs> the, and the movie Monkey Man, uh, among others. Out of that group, is there anything that uh, got you excited? Because you'll notice I left three out that, that I will hit on. That I oh, yeah. I'm thinking, I was thinking, uh, I knew you were with the big one that you were probably going to leave out. But, like, I, was, I, I wasn't sure which ones of those ones. I mean, obviously, I like Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. I, I, I like, I'm a fan of those movies. So I'm... I'm going to be excited. Um, but that's your mother's home, everyone. You can take your mother to kick. Yeah. I was not too hot. Like, like I, I liked the first one. So for me, what happened with those movies, I know this is so not on your path, but they made me a fan of Matt Reeves, mm. uh, the director by watching two and three. So again, I know that's a totally other wavelength than you're on for these movies, but he's not the person anymore. So I'm I don't back know if I can bring being... myself to rewatch them, but at the same time, I don't know if I'm going to remember enough to understand where we are in Kingdom yeah. of the Planet of the Apes if I don't force myself. Let me tell you, if I force myself to do a rewatch of those four, because I'm pretty sure there's four. There's uh, only uh, three. Rise, Dawn, and War. Wasn't there the one with James Franco? Is that Rise? That's Rise, yeah. That was the only one I nominally enjoyed. And that's the one that's not Matt Reeves. So. Yes. <laughs> Hundo P. Um, that was the only one that I felt like was almost a, an actual movie. Um, I don't know. If I force myself to rewatch those, that might just automatically lower my score for Kingdom Because <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. might be so full of sadness by the time. I don't know. You know, I'm excited for If, um, if only because I like John Krasinski and I think that has a fun cast and looks a little lighter in premise. I don't guess I didn't realize everything we're getting for like big animated releases is like sequels. I just rewatched Inside Out. I'm not sure. I feel like I'm I needed really a second one. Oh, there. I mean, I, I liked Inside Out. It'll you know I'm doing my favorite animated films countdown throughout the year. It's on there. That was part of the reason I rewatched. But I just don't. I we'll see. I'm not super excited. They're making a fifth Toy Story either, even though I loved 
the first three and enjoyed the fourth one. It's just Despicable yeah. Me Four seems like a lot because when you throw that in with the like well, three minions, two minions movies, or is there three? Maybe there's only two. It, there's an indeterminate they, amount of minions. There's, there's movies, already... movies and shorts. I, I get confused and yeah. I have to look them up. We can't trust my math because I think there's 95 Planet of the Apes movies. So maybe I was crediting that fourth one being the uh, Tim Burton one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't believe they're making a fourth Kung Fu Panda movie either. That is a shocker to me, but I enjoy those. I like I every, every time I'm like Kung Fu Panda, and, and then I saw it when and I was like, wow. And then Kung Fu Panda two, oh, I don't need a sequel to that. Oh wow, I like that. Kung Fu Panda three does need to be a trilogy. No, oh wow, I liked it. So now while my expectations are like, I do like those movies, but I don't know. Like, I'm assuming I'm gonna go in and it's gonna knock me up a little. Oh. Well, I'm gonna go to three. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to go to three big ones. Uh, I'm going to take them in release order. Uh, I think they're in release order because they have moved uh, Deadpool 3, which we now know is Deadpool and Wolverine. Confusing Uh, moves. um, It was originally going to be in May. It got kicked back. I think now it's in July. And so I'm not sure if I got these first two correct on their release date. They're both coming in July, and they are both uh, sequels. But uh, Deadpool and Wolverine, you know, we knew the trailer was going to come. Not much in the way of Wolverine. We are seeing how it's now tying into the larger MCU as soon as you see the the TVA, the Time Variant Authority. Yep. you know, I've I've enjoyed these movies. There's another question that I feel like nobody's mentioned that kind of got glossed over. Didn't his girlfriend get killed in the second one? And yet no, she was totally no. alive. She's not. And that that's the thing. I don't know how much planning there was to this because Deadpool 2 was 2018, so it was before Loki was ever a TV show. But the very end of Deadpool 2, which I thought would bug more people, and I don't hear people talking about it more, is he fixes the time machine, goes back, and the very beginning of that montage is he saves her. That's right. So all of Deadpool 2 technically didn't happen. So, um, That's right. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, honestly. (laughs) Because Cable's not there. So... Yeah, that's right. I forgot about you're right. But when I was watching her in there, I was like, "Oh, look, they're all back." Wait, didn't she die? Wasn't that the impetus for his? Which like, makes sense why the TVA is there, right? They, they, Marvel just came up with a, a people messing with time authority right after Deadpool. Like it's, it's. I'm so happy about that. But anyways, yeah, I, you know, I'm generally excited. This is the one. MCU projects uh, that we're getting in theaters this year. They pulled everything out of 2024. So even though there's other Marvel movies, Madam Web, Craven the Hunter, I think there's one other one that Sony is foisting on us too. Um, I'll look it up while, while you tell me. Venom 3, right? Ah, Isn't that still? Yes, that's it. Yeah. That's why I mentally blacked it out. <laughs> yeah. Free Tom Hardy. Um and Michelle Williams. They, they deserve so yeah. much better. Free the cast and crew. Morbius feels right for Jared Leto. I don't know. Let him stay there. But. You deserve Morbius. 
Free Tom Hardy. Oh, uh, yeah. So the one MCU project. I think it's going to be one of the bigger movies of the summer. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, the other one that we're getting in July, and I don't know if this will be meaningful for you, but it darn sure meaningful for me, and that is Twisters. Twisters. Uh, the long-awaited uh, sequel that nobody asked for to Twister, which it kills me, is almost 30 years old. Um, you know, Bill Paxton has passed away. Michael Crichton, who actually wrote the screenplay for that, has passed away. Lee Isaac Chung, who did Minari, um, which would be uh, what you would immediately think of. You'd go straight from Minari to doing. Absolutely. Twister. It's completely linear. You can't uh, not do Twisters as your next movie. Wow. And, you know, we have Daisy Edgar Jones, who, uh, you know, I loved in, in Normal People. Glenn Powell, they're in this picture. You can't. There this she is. <sighs> I think uh, this was the biggest surprise for me. Seeing that trailer, I was like, I've I never know. Even seen Twister. Oh, you've never seen Twister? No. Twister is one of my uh, top 25 all-time favorite films. Oh, excellent. Uh, um, I love it. I am very excited for this and also have a lot of trepidation based on the trailer and I have a lot of questions, but you know, I might just let it in. If you enjoy a good disaster movie, uh, as I do, um, Twister was a lot of fun. I'm bummed that we don't have Helen Hunt or any, you know, maybe she will appear. Um, rumor, I guess oh, yeah. she wanted to that. like direct the sequel. And when that didn't happen, she withdrew all like involvement. So that was kind of a bummer. But I mean, the original Twister had a, a loaded cast. I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman was in the original Twister, Bill Paxson. Yeah. Helen Hunt, uh, Alan Ruck. There's a whole bunch of people. I loved that movie. I thought it was fun. There was a lot in this trailer that, that gave me those vibes. Uh, you know, in the middle of summer, you're kind of looking for... I love Twister, obviously, I just said, but I, I wouldn't say it's particularly deep. Mm, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's a heck of a ride. It was a lot of fun. They had some really clever graphical scenes, and... Uh, but it was the story and the characters. There's a lot of emotions in um, in Twister, which is what kind of ramps it up for me. And I'm be curious to see how they kind of carry that over here. But what did uh, you've never seen the original? So what did the were you at all excited by the? the yeah, because I mean, this is a this is a like I mean, everyone kind of knows Twister. It's in the zeitgeist. It came out. 96. Like at least everyone my age or older, you know, you're going to know the cow flying through the, the, you, you know it. Um, and as far as that goes, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, when, as I'm getting older, I, I gradually realize this happens more with actors than with actual like movies. Like, uh, one I haven't seen that everyone goes, ah, and like, I have to see his Braveheart. Um, but yeah, it's it's still like you have this preconception of like, oh, I know that, so I don't have to make my own opinion about it and judge it and do something. Like uh, when I rewatched all the Fast and Furious for this uh, last year, a little bit later, you know, I, I a lot of my preconceptions of what I assumed about the, some of those movies were right and some were wrong, but gleefully wrong about the first one that that was amazing and so it's kind of to me the what the trailer did for me was give me a different kind of flavor of what the movie would be and i never saw the original to have like a, a an expectation so it's just kind of like oh this could be really fun 
and in like you know in like a tense kind of way but yeah exactly is is kind of a summer storm cloud like escape i don't know i don't know why but my brain keeps thinking a little bit of nope like yeah just something about that desert cloud kind of like if they do introduce aliens that would be a big departure from yeah no i doubt yeah but then again twister twisters but um finally we know why uh yeah so i'll I'll look forward to uh to watching the first one too and just kind of getting into it so it made me feel uh, a little old to realize that that movie is 28 years old now it's not in its 30s no but it is a little bit tough because uh you know 30 years is doing um i started looking at movies that are uh, now um would be are celebrating their 25th and 30th anniversary in 2024 mm. a lot of my yeah. formative years are, are the, on that the crow, um the crow is getting a 30th anniversary 4k release uh in may i just found out and uh that's interesting i didn't i mean i was like three years old when that movie came out but you know it's i'm really excited about that i guess lee isaac chung it says he directed one episode of the mandalorian too i wish i could wish it would tell me which episode it was the convert season three Oh, he directed, interesting, he directed the standalone episode of The Mandalorian that doesn't actually have The Mandalorian in it, I think. Neat. Yeah. I so, love Minari. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and good for him getting to go. It's it's a pretty good cast. You know, Glenn Powell's having a, a good run here. He was in Top Gun Maverick. He's been in some, some other stuff. So, I, you know. I'm reasonably excited. Uh, the last uh, big trailer I want to hit on takes us uh, all the way to Thanksgiving, and that is Wicked Part 1, um, which is probably one of the the big uh, anticipated uh, films. Here we see the the stars here, Ariana Grande and Cynthia Erivo. Um, this is the first half of uh, the musical uh, coming out uh, for Thanksgiving. This is you know, been in the works for a long time. I didn't know we were going to get the trailer. Um, I thought the the visuals, uh, and this was one that actually had a longer, like Deadpool and Wolverine did the uh, the great thing of giving you a 10-second teaser during the game and said, go online and watch our trailer. Wicked oh. actually embedded and paid for, I think it was a 90-second run right in the middle of the first quarter, showing all that footage, everything that you saw, like the full teaser trailer, was actually there in the game. Um, and I thought it was pretty stunning. I've never seen the musical. I uh, don't know a ton about it. Um, but, you know, I saw Jeff Goldblum there as the wizard. I like the cast. I like the look. Uh, did it make you more or less excited? It took me from absolutely nothing to interested. Uh, I have a weird sort of fandom, I'll say, for lack of a better term, of Cynthia Erivo. Mm-hmm. Um, because of Bad Times at the El Royale. I, I love think that movie too. Maybe I love that movie. You know and Maybe we'll have phenomenal. to uh, revisit that because you know who do else like a spotlight times at the El Royale. Our girl Dakota Johnson. Yeah. Well, okay. Th- yes. And Hemsworth. 
Hmm, so many okay yeah um, i'm gonna hmm. at times the el royale is a completely underrated film but here's the thing cynthia Riva was also in another project called the outsider for hbo max that Mm -hmm. uh jason bateman made like the first couple episodes in and her character in that to me was insufferable and it 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 tainted my ability to watch her it was so bad and it turns out her character and the additions to that character were some of the only things in the show which i all found out almost almost all were changes from the book so like i liked everything about that show that was faithful to the book and then it turned out this was just something i i apparently disagreed with many choices of the person who decided to veer from the book but um so now when i see her i think like, are they going to let you be great or are they going <laughs> to make you be awful? Like what? Ah, there's like extremes there. I, I don't know. So, and this is like a high stakes, like she's performing, she's green. She's, you know, like it, I, I really hope that it ends up like spectacular, but um, I have, I have no idea what to expect. I feel like I'm 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 just like confused sometimes. But um, yeah. I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting uh, to see where it goes. Um, I like a good musical, and you know that'll be one of the bigger tentpole kind of at the end of the year. So it was, it was interesting to get a an early look at that, see, uh, see how it goes. But I don't know that, that much about it either. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy the wizard of Oz. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite of all time. Um, but some of the other tangential return to Oz is strange and yeah, not great. And then they did, uh, the one where James Franco prequel, yeah, Oz the I Great and Powerful. Oz the Great and Powerful. That also was a movie that exists. Is uh, there another recent project about Oz? They've used it as a basis for making some TV shows, I think. Mm. Let's see, oh, I Frank. felt like there was something not too long ago. Well, let's see. Frank Elbaum. Anytime you touch on Wizard of Oz, you have to give him credit for being a writer. So um, it looks like in 2023 there was a Wizard of Oz, but I don't remember Mm. uh, seeing that. So that Oz, the great and powerful, has been a a long time ago now. But yeah, time has just kind of slid away lately. Yeah, I, I feel like I'll say about Wicked. That was 2013. That was 11, 11 years ago. Yeah, uh, I feel like something kicked off a little bit with uh, uh, Wonka, where these sort of like splashy uh, cinematic uh, shows uh, with If and um, uh, it's escaping me right now, but just like Wicked and a few other projects, it just feels like we're getting these like very splashy design fun enjoyable like ex- show experiences and uh it's a spectacle outside of the just like beat 'em up blockbuster that like superhero movies are so big on and so i just think it's kind of neat to get a, a break and get something that that is focused elsewhere for a year um to just ha- i because I, I can only think like the fall guy and 
uh, Deadpool and Wolverine and maybe kind of Twisters are the only big action movies that I can think of that fall into like the traditions of what kind of has been coming out, like your big event Top Gun things. Um, I mean, of course, then there's, I guess, Craven is sometime later the year. I don't know if you know when that is. I think but... that's in August. Yeah. So um, I'm just really interested to see what happens this year and what studios take away from this year and how that shapes things moving forward. Because, like, out of this week has come even more trailers and more news and, like, the Fantastic Forecasting news and all of this other stuff. And it just feels like. There's a lot going on, but not a lot happening. Furiosa is coming out in the summer. Yeah, that's um, right. Okay, there's that one. Bad Boys 4 is coming out in the summer. What? It I is? Yeah, June 14th. Not not too far away. Um, Ballerina, which is a spinoff from the John Wick universe, is coming uh, oh, in right. the summer. The Bike Riders, which was a film with Austin Butler and Tom Hardy that was supposed to drop uh, at the end of last year. They punted and is now coming out in the summer, which is a, mm. uh, kind of a weird flex. Uh, it looks like Deadpool oh. Wolverine has resettled on July 26th. Twisters is July 19th, so I did get mm. those backwards. Um, but you're right. Like uh, We're I mean, getting a last big year? Kevin Costner Western. Uh, the first, it's called Horizon, an American Saga. This is a, allegedly part of the reason that he quit uh, Yellowstone, the TV show, because he was working on this. The first yeah. part is coming out in June. The second part is coming out in August. Yeah, uh, There's like, another alien film that's coming in August. This time alone, last year, we had uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp back-to-back with Cocaine Bear, Creed 3, Scream 6, uh, Shazam 2, John Wick 4, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Mario, like, and that just like, brrr, like nonstop, like well, into we a are, crazy summer. We are kind of, you know, Argyle was a, even though we didn't love it, it was a pretty big temple to start February. And then you just had Madam Web, which again, you know, not everybody loves. Yeah. But it was kind of a bigger, and Dune Part One is first week in March. Dune. And then the last kind and of two weeks in March, Godzilla. you got Godzilla and Ghostbusters. Yeah. So, I mean, you're kind of. Mm. You're kind yeah, of rolling, and then Maybe it's in just April, the that Monkey Man, which is uh, yeah, that looks, looks like a big action movie. Civil War, which we I was surprised we didn't oh, see yeah. uh, trailers for that because that's coming. They move that up to April twelfth, so that's not very far away. Then you have Abigail and the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, which is a Guy Ritchie thing is nope. coming in april and then april ends with luca guadadino's the challengers which was another one that got pulled out of 23 that has zendaya and mm. looks pretty fantastic so i i do feel like they've spread some of some bigger ones out it just um i don't know if we have the same you know, maybe we just haven't gotten there yet, but the, you're right. It's that I think it's kind of like the name recognition or the, yeah. the big blockbuster buildup. I think Dune is starting to to build up that, and the the early takes on Dune Part Two have been incredible. I can't wait to see that in a couple of weeks and to talk okay. about that. Hopefully, that will be um, 
the emotional kind of path that I, I had wanted to pair with Denny Villeneuve as a brilliant technical filmmaker. So um, I'm excited to see that, but we will see how that goes next week. Uh, we are going to see Ethan Cohen without his brother, um, which that has not gotten great early buzz. Driveaway dolls was originally supposed to go in fall of 23 and got booted out and is coming as the big release. But Eric and I are going to do something a little bit different next week. Uh, for those of you who have been on the episodic kick, uh, True Detective Night Country kicked off mid-January, and in just about 70 minutes, the finale will go up. Um, so we are going to be talking about True Detective Night Country uh, next week. Hopefully it will have a good final episode. Um, Again, it goes up in just about 70 minutes, uh, should be on max, and uh, we'll kick off on HBO 9 p.m. Eastern time. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it ends, especially some of the uh, big moments last week, and I'm looking forward to chatting a little bit about it with you. I am learning just now that it's not eight episodes, it's six. Oh, I didn't realize you didn't know that. It's only six, yeah. Oh, good luck to this show. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. <laughs> True detective ends tonight. Okay, I'm going to hold my opinion till next week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, until then, you have some time to go uh, spend uh, six quality hours with Jodie Foster in uh, Ennis, Alaska. And uh, only... Uh, 82 minutes with uh, Ethan Cohen, a very short runtime for Drive Away Doll. So we have a long form and we have an extremely short form next week. Uh, sums up 2024 and probably 2023 in a nutshell, uh, that kind of diversity. So we'll look forward to that next week. Until then, we will see you at the movies. Go see Lisa.